and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I am Amy Beckham and joining me this week from our public policy division is Miss Shelby Benoy. And before we get started into the normal programming, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge that this has been a, a deep and heavy week in our community, in our state, um, with the shooting that happened in Nashville on Monday. And so we just have to say that our thoughts and prayers are with all of those impacted uh, by that tragedy on Monday. We're just with those families and with the community that is grieving. And obviously, Shelby, because that happened so tragically on Monday, your week has been a little altered um, from what we kind of talked about last week. It's been a little bit different, including our podcast right now. You are not sitting beside me like we normally are. You are in Nashville uh, because things have have kind of changed a little bit. That's right, Amy. And I think heavy is the best way to describe that. This week has just been, uh, we're moving so quickly trying to adjourn for the first half of the General Assembly. And it's just, it's been a hard week up here. And because of that, our schedule Monday was changed just a little bit just to give our lawmakers and staff a chance to go home and be with their families and and to be praying for those families that lost uh, such a, a great loss this week. But because of that, everything that was up for discussion on Monday is now a part of today's calendar. And so just logistically, having to be here in Nashville, um, I'm coming to you live from a corner closet downtown and doing the best we can today. But I do miss you. <laughs> I miss you as well. So even though the week has been altered, can you give us a little bit of an update on priority issues and, and how those have maybe moved or haven't moved this week? Yeah, so all, all things aside, things are still continuing to move here in Nashville. Um, one of our priority issues that has been up in committee this week is our uh, House Bill 898, Senate Bill 711. Um, that has been moving through the Senate committee this week, uh, the Senate state and local government committee uh, passed that legislation out uh, last night unanimously and so we're we're certainly thankful for Senator Stevens' support and helping us carry that legislation and so it is waiting for its date to be heard on the Senate floor while in the House uh, looking forward to next week that legislation is going to be in the House Finance Ways and Means subcommittee and, and also still hanging out there in the Finance Ways and Means Subcommittee waiting on that special constitutional amendment calendar is um, our House Joint Resolution, which would create a constitutional amendment to prohibit a statewide property tax. So um, when you look at the, the way committees work, I feel like we've got those last two hurdles left, the Finance Committee and then getting it to the floor. All of our priority issues at this point have moved out of the what I would call the the warm-up committees, and now we're in crunch time where if the bills have a fiscal impact, then we've got to make sure that they receive the funding that they need, and and if not, we just need to make sure that we can have a positive vote on the House or Senate floor in the coming weeks. So although it's not necessarily a certain piece of legislation that y'all are working with, a priority that you and I have definitely talked about a lot over the past few weeks is local government and kind of how that's funded and just there's been a lot of discussion about that in Nashville. So it wouldn't be our normal podcast if we didn't talk about it this week, to say the <laughs> least. Any movement there, any updates that you can share with us? Yeah, so I feel like the list of things pertaining to local government is getting shorter just as the committee system 
does what the committee system is there to do, and that's pass good bills and, and allow bills that maybe aren't the best ideas to stay in committee. Two of those that I think we've been talking about for weeks now, one is relative to um, de-annexation for agricultural property. That bill moved in both the House and Senate this week. So in the House, Representative Alexander passed that out of the local government committee, and Senator Watson passed that out of the Senate state and local government committee. We had some great testimony from a farmer in West Tennessee who would be a beneficiary of if this law were to be, if this bill were to become law, rather, their family farm in Carroll County would be able to take advantage of um, de-annexing their property because they were forcibly annexed. And they do farm and would do everything uh, by the letter of the, what the law would be if this bill passed. So uh, we appreciate the testimony and the discussion and look forward to having that in the House Finance Committee. And then it will be moving to the Senate floor, if not next week, the week after next, just because calendars are starting to get big. We've kind of on a, on a, in a holding pattern for that. But that legislation is moving. Um, another bill that we have talked about previously is Senate Bill 75 and House Bill 28 relative to zoning and, and urban growth boundaries on the local level. So we saw that bill move through the House Local Government Committee. It passed out unanimously without any opposition. However, in the Senate State and Local Government Committee, the discussion was that because there is so much that needs to happen with this public chapter relative to local government funding as a whole, that maybe it's best that instead of passing several small pieces of legislation that have a big impact, that there is just one large initiative that the General Assembly takes up. So I believe the intent is to roll that legislation into 2024 so we can pick up that discussion and, and work with stakeholders throughout the summer. So Senate Bill 75, House Bill 28, I believe its journey is complete for this General Assembly, but we look forward to picking that back up in January of next year and continuing that conversation. Also this week, we had the unique opportunity to hear from Dr. Art Laffer. You may have heard that name before if you come from an economics background or maybe you've done some studying on economics, but he is the one that kind of developed the, the Laffer curve. He worked in President Reagan's administration. He is the best of the best when it comes to economics. And he gave a presentation to the House Finance and Ways Appropriations Subcommittee. So this committee, they don't meet regularly throughout session, but their job becomes crucial when it comes to actually passing the budget itself and appropriating those funds, as their name would imply, appropriating those funds to make sure that legislation and certain projects throughout the state get funded. So they got to hear from Dr. Laffer on the topic solely of local property tax. And I feel like our podcast has been more of a local government podcast discussion than than an agriculture podcast, but um, he made some great points in his testimony about, you know, he, he told his kids when they were younger, don't, don't ever pick up bad habits because they're hard to quit. And he was kind of relating that argument to, we don't ever need to continue raising local government property tax because it's a habit that's really hard to quit. So he suggested that we put a cap on local uh, property tax collection, but we think a lot of the argument that he was laying out is the exact reason why we need to be pursuing our constitutional amendment that I talked about earlier with uh, banning a statewide property tax. That if we were to start collecting a statewide property tax, it would be incredibly hard to stop once we saw the revenue. When we left, Kevin and I were talking about how beautifully he laid out the argument for why our constitutional amendment needs to move forward. 
Um, and if you're listening to this podcast through the legislative alert, we've linked that presentation in the legislative alert. Um, it's about an hour and 20 minute conversation with questions back and forth with lawmakers and his comments in general. It's local government funding and property tax issues and, and just the economy in general is something that interests you. I would highly recommend going and listening to what Dr. Laffer had to say to the Appropriations Subcommittee. And Shelby, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but if they are listening not via the legislative alert, we can also link it in what they call the show notes, <laughs> if that's something you, you think would be helpful. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> um, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a resource we want to provide our listeners <laughs> if it can be helpful. So with that, obviously, if you said things are through the warm-up committees, they're kind of doing the last couple of phases uh, before things wrap up. And so things are kind of starting to wrap up, and that means that we should expect a budget here pretty shortly. So when do we expect to start working on that final budget, and, and what does it mean that we're nearing the end of the legislative session? Yeah, great question. And we are kind of... At- the beginning of the end is what we've kind of started referring to it as because next week we anticipate seeing Governor Lee's administration budget amendment. So we've, we've mentioned this before, but in January, Governor Lee um, unveiled his proposed budget. But obviously, a lot can change over two or three months, especially when legislation starts moving and things happen and feels like they need to allocate more funding, less funding for a certain program or initiative. So towards the end of the session, Governor Lee's office has the opportunity to unveil a budget amendment. And it's just any kind of changes or expansions, reductions in the budget that he proposed at his state of the state in January. So we expect to see that early next week. And I believe uh, the Department of Finance and Administration is going to be meeting with the Senate Finance Committee Tuesday morning to just kind of go over any changes, additions that happen. And and once that happens and the, the House and Senate both pass a budget, at that point, it's their opportunity to go back into the Finance Committee. And if you've ever heard the phrase behind the budget, um, they go back and, and pull those bills out that have received funding either through the, the governor's budget, through the General Assembly's budget, and get those moving through the House floor. Because technically, although we've got over 1,500 bills going through the General Assembly, the only thing that the General Assembly has to do every year is pass the budget. The other legislation that comes through is just um, a side effect of us passing a budget. So once the budget goes through and and gets a positive vote from both the House and the Senate, then they'll start going through and and working on picking and choosing what legislation that has a fiscal impact is going to receive that funding or not. So this is the time of year where it leads to some some later nights in Nashville and um, lots of negotiation and discussion with members of the Finance Committee. I think next week, pretty much all of our meetings we have are with members of the Finance Committee, just really nailing home how important those issues that Farm Bureau has set aside this year deserve a, a really good look and, and funding if necessary. So hopefully next week's alert and next week's podcast, Amy, we can talk through some of the things that the governor has suggested funding through his budget amendment and, and get into the nitty gritty of that. But um, we expect uh, a big week next week with that budget document becoming available. I would say we also expect uh, a big week next week because we are finally going to celebrate Ag Day on the Hill. And I don't know about you, but I am excited. The weather's looking, let's knock on wood real quick. The weather's looking looking all right. And so I would say we are definitely excited to have that event to celebrate with the governor and lawmakers and just all the folks that make Tennessee agriculture 
what it is. And it, it is going to be a special day, to say the least. Absolutely. I refuse to check forecasts until closer to time just because that will be what keeps me up at night between now and April 5th. And I know we've had a few folks reach out to us about Ag Day because of our podcast last week and the alert last week. And that, that is an open invitation and would love for you to come join us outside on the Beth Harwell Plaza, weather permitting, and uh, just get to spend some time networking with some industry partners and, and getting to see some friendly competition and just overall fellowshipping and the importance of the agriculture industry in Tennessee. If you aren't um, following Ag Day on the Hill in Tennessee, we would suggest you do that on both Facebook and Twitter. We're kind of talking about weather here, and that's where a lot of those updates will be posted as time gets a little bit closer. There should be a schedule there. Breakfast is going to start at 7.30, and then the events are going to start at 9 with a committee meeting at 10 o'clock. So we are looking forward to that event, to say the least. That will no doubt be a highlight of our podcast next week. But Shelby, before we close, any other loose ends that we need to kind of tie up? Two or three more things that are moving that we've had some questions from our members about, one of which passed through the House Ag Committee this week, and that is House Bill 394, which would set up a state meat inspection program. Farm Bureau does not have a formal position on this legislation, but that is something that um, a lot of our folks in the protein commodities have been having an interest in. That bill has moved out of the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee and will move on to be heard in the House Government Operations Committee next week. They just have, a, that committee has oversight over programs that are promulgated and then developed by our state departments and agencies. So it'll have another step before it goes to the Finance Committee. That will be next week. Also in the House Government Operations Committee will be House Bill 1077. We've talked about that a lot, about it sets up a farmer's market food unit permit because that would be um, administered by the Department of Health. It also will go through the Government Operations Committee. So we're working with uh, members that serve on that committee about the importance of our farmers markets across Tennessee and how this bill would allow uh, producers to diversify their income and and offer tasty samples and, and prepared products to consumers. And then another something that came out of the Government Operations Committee this week that I think a lot of eyes in Southern Middle Tennessee have been on is representatives to pick legislation on uh, creating a scenic river along 30 river miles in Murray County. Um, that bill has passed out of Government Operations Committee and continues along its journey as well. That's another one Farm Bureau does not have a formal position on, but we've been monitoring it. And I know we've had a lot of folks contact us to ask about that. So things are still moving, moving and shaking here in Nashville. And we just look forward to the next three or four weeks. And as we near the adjournment of the first half. Very good. Well, Great update, Shelby. Obviously, a lot going on in Nashville, um, and your next few weeks are going to be crazy, I'm sure. But thanks for just a great update, some really good information. Again, look for more information in your legislative alert. Thanks again, Shelby, for that great update. Thanks to all who are listening and tuning in about what's happening on the Hill, and we will see you next week.